Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Last time on Dungeon Drunks, returning from the tunnels under the bloody fist, our heroes are back at the inn to talk over what they have learned. Jonathan and Carlton tell the watchful order about the portal they found and ask about tattoos. Travancore chats with Olivia Pasarek about her new situation, and Bernie finds out more from the halfling that they rescued about the dangers they might face further in the tunnels. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM. And tonight, I'm once again drinking some bullet bourbon. So I've got a slightly larger glass this time because I'm kind of done for the day after this. So I might as well enjoy some. And it smells so good. And it's warm. And if you guys hear the pounding rain of Seattle outside my window, then I I apologize in advance. But that's why I needed some bourbon. Mm, bourbon. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to mull about that for a moment. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun, the Viceroy's choice this evening is a combination of Tim Horton's hot chocolate and Macallan scotch. Ooh. And for those reasons, I'm calling it a pre-2003 Mike Myers because it's equal parts Canadian and Scottish. <laughs> wow. And I miss Tim Horton's. I miss it so much. I'm not close enough to the Canadian border anymore to get Tim Horton's and get Timbits. Oh, speaking of someone who can get Timbits... Bernie, what are you drinking? I'm going to tell you guys a secret. I've never had Timbits. <laughs> That's okay. That's, you know what? This is one of those moments where I'm excited for you because you are about to, at some point in the future, experience something I think is awesome. So please go and enjoy. But what are you drinking right now? Tonight, I have, uh, like, I've been drinking a lot of beer, but tonight, not okay. <laughs> not okay. Calm yourself. As my mother would say, cool your jets, Iago. <laughs> <laughs> oh. for, for our audio listeners at home Travancore just made sure that, that Bernie knew that not having Timbits was quote unquote not okay Timbits shaming for the patriarchy no 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 this is one of those geek moments in where we are sharing our love we are excited that you are about to experience the joy of Timbits for the first time this is not a shameful thing that's true this is a joyful true. time it'll happen eventually <laughs> it'll happen but I just have rum and ginger ale and I must say like dark rum and ginger ale is a very good combination it's just what I had in the house but I feel like Bacardi needs to start making commercials about how rum goes well with ginger ale Instead of just with cola, because it's very yummy, and I'm very happy. And I'm knitting a pair of socks tonight, so life's good. <laughs> now I want to know, if Car Carlton, what are you drinking, and are you knitting at the same time? <laughs> uh, I'm not, but since we were talking about Tim Hortons in a, a minute ago, uh, once when I went to Canada, I decided to have the, uh, t the Canadian diet of nothing but Tim Hortons and poutine. I lasted oh. all about two days before I thought like I was going to die. Why yeah. would you do that? I was young and stupid, much like my character. We've all been young and stupid. It is the month of November, and as everybody knows, November is pumpkin pie month, so I have a pumpkin pie milkshake. Ooh. Ooh. Is that as good as I hope it is? I feel very basic. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty tasty, though. I'll accept that as a yes. And finally, Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Mad Muscular. Tonight, it is a cocktail of not my own making. It is a Cuba Libre. It is... Bacardi rum and cola and some lime juice and it is quite quite good and this is in my rogue one cup so here's to you guys uh, fun fact ooh. the only clubby place in philly i can only kind of sort of tolerate is also called cuba libre Old nice city. Ooh. and uh tonight's shot of fireball to be consumed at the casting of fireball the first time is dedicated to all the friends we're gonna see <gasps> at PAX Unplugged. Yes! 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 That, that happened this week. I am so fucking excited. I am leaving on Thursday. I'm <sighs> going to... The plan is to see Jack that day. I'm going to travel into the city with uh, with uh, John. 
And then we're going to, and then also later on, I'm going to see Jules and Steven and then Izzy's driving in. And there's also going to be Lori. Connor, Lori, Izzy. Uh, I said Iris. Izzy twice. Iris. All those people are going to be there. Oh, we're going to, it's going to be so much fun. In my backyard. I want to be there so bad. I know. We I want, want you, you there. to be there. Oh, Lauren, I got you kind of sort of covered. I'm going to draw you and keep you on a post-it note. And I want to carry that <laughs> the entire day that I'm there. We can take <laughs> pictures of you all around the convention. I'll 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 take that with love because there's so many people I want to see and there's so many things that I want to see. But I'll I'll just be here, in Seattle, being poor and, and playing the Messiah. I'm playing the Messiah that weekend, so Ooh. yeah. Even if I could go, I'd have to come back on Saturday because I have a gig on Sunday. So is it a good? Is it at least fun to play? Uh it can be. It actually can be a lot. Especially we we always get really good singers, and that's that's kind of the key. If you've got a really good singer, if you've got a really good suite of soloists, it's super good music. It's just so I've got Messiah this weekend. I've got Nutcracker next week. And they're both awesome. But, you know, you play it so much. Yeah. So we're not here to talk about uh, my life as a gigging musician. We're here to play Dungeons and Dragons. So your life as a gigging DM. It is the morning of specifically the 29th of Uktar, which is semi-important, not just because I, as your crazy DM, have been taking care of what date of the year it is, but uh, it's specifically important for Travancore because, Travancore, you do know that Olivia Pastrak, one of the things that she mentioned was help on an event that she is running on the Feast of the Moon. Now, the Feast of the Moon, as you guys wake up, this is something that you all know and get ready for the day. The high holidays, the big holidays that happen in Faerun during the year, because the Faerun cal calendar makes a lot more sense than, say, other calendars. All those happen between months. They don't happen on specific days. So all months in the in the calendar are 30 days long. So they all make up three weeks of 10 days. Thus the idea of a 10 day. Metric system. Yeah. And then every once in a while, there's a holiday thrown in. And so this morning is the 29th of Uktar. Tomorrow is the 30th. And the day after that, is the day of the Feast of the Moon. So in two days' time, you guys potentially have an invitation to a fancy party by Olivia Passerac. But right now, it is the morning, and there were a whole bunch of other things that a lot of you wanted to do. So let me ask, what are you doing this morning? I would like to go back to the Amethyst Acropolis and see if uh, I could take a meeting with uh, Varel Kalana about my tattoo. Well, I think okay. we have to wait for her to come to come back on us. We're also, I believe today, we were going to wait for a little while and then possibly go back because into the uh, Under the Bloody Fist because we were going to be looking for the weapons cache before the drow finder. Oh, right. Yes. And there was also talk of a, was it a dragon? Uh, yes, dragon. a cave dragon yeah. is down there, apparently. They have a cave dragon. I haven't killed exactly. one of those yet. No, I haven't we either. We killed an undead one, didn't we? Yeah. We did. That could be known as a dragon slayer. Uh, the other thing is, like, we possibly might be accompanying a expedition from the from the Amethyst Acropolis to seal up those portals. So it yes. might be like a dual mission kind of thing. But we are waiting two for- Two birds, one stone, right? That's the phrase? Exactly. Or is it two stones, one bird? And as soon as you say, as soon as you say two birds with one stone, Bucks looks at you like- he gives you a side owl. Oh, sorry, buddy. It's two It's two stones, one bird. Forgot it. I got it mixed up. So I know that Faerun is a little bit behind Prakanam when it comes to technology, but certainly you have more technology than stones to, to, to murder your birds. <laughs> does, he, does his Bucks, head go over to trap? Buck slowly turns his head towards you and, like, narrows his eyes. And in, in celestial eyes say, come on now. I lean in and I say, actually, no, where I'm from, we just grab roosters by the neck and ring him to death. Buck sends me images of Travancore running around with his butt on fire. <laughs> sure, I'll allow that to happen because at the very same time that th that interesting mental image is happening, speaking of birds, Jonathan, you receive ascending. <gasps> oh, because it's that time of the morning. The the voice of Aras Zik, your Aarakocra master at the Amethyst Acropolis contacts you and you receive a message that says come back this morning and speak to Razo. I have some information and an assignment for you. And Jonathan the Magimuscular 
uh, says in response, thank you, Aras. We will be there as soon as possible. Jonathan, the magic muscular out. Wait, is this a plural? I thought this was just a you. Uh, this was a me, but I mentioned you guys when we were doing this. So I let, let him know, hey, I've got an assignment and it's going to probably take us down below the bloody, bloody fist. So I'm going to go see what Aras wants. If you guys want to come with me, we're just talking to Razzo. So you guys Bernie can all come. wanted to go have second breakfast with her crazy lady. And okay. And pick up a lemon tree on the way back. Why don't, why don't you... I. I can't imagine they'll want us to go down there right away. And if they do, I'll send you a sending saying, hey, regulators mount up. Regulators? That's a good... I'll tell you what the regulators were historically. Uh-oh. If you, No, that's actually a good thing. Oh, okay. So they got really drunk and fought shit, actually. Nice! <laughs> that sounds about right. That does! <laughs> to, to minimize the amounts of sendings that Jonathan has to send, I will actually tag along with Jonathan. Okay. All right. So we've and I'll, got... go, I'll go to the Acropolis as well, just in case Varel is there. Sure. All right. So three of you are heading off to the Amethyst Acropolis. Bernie, let's start with you. You said you wanted to go talk to Farah, the old lady that you wanted to have tea with, and then also go pick up your lemon tree, right? Yes, I did. Oh, Bucks is going to go with uh, with Bernie. Oh, how nice. And All she'll right. look at Bucks and she'll say, I wouldn't wring your neck. Promise. And Bucks gives you that inscrutable look that owls can and where because they really don't have any facial features. So he just unblinkingly stares at you. I wink at Bucks. I say, come on, let's go. And I grab Coco's newt. <laughs> All right. You guys head off over. Uh, would you like to go to see Farah first or? Farah first. It'd be very rude to bring a lemon tree inside. <laughs> or awesome. You never know. All right. You head on over and uh, head to her house. And it's it's a nice little cottage style house. Nothing fancy, but, you know, certainly looks comfortable. It's in a nice part of town. And you knock on the door? Yes. After a long moment, nothing. Hmm. I'll knock again. Hello? Fara? Roll a perception check. Bucks kind of knows human decorum at this point, and so to him, two knocks and no answer would be a little strange, right? Well, strange, or maybe she's not home. I mean, it is daytime. It is, you know, the morning. I got an 11. Okay, you do not hear anything. Like, you knock the second time and, and call out to Farah, and you listen at the door, but you don't hear anything inside. Okay, I say, what do I say? I knock one last time. I say, Farah, it's me, Bernie, the weird gnome that sent you the cake that you helped find the, the guy that's going to grow me the lemons. We were going to gossip about the people you don't like. No answer. Okay. I guess I'll head on back to the lemon guy. Okay. Yeah. Lemon man. Sure. Lemon man. Right. Oh, his name? Nope, didn't write that down, but he's like the green, grass green is his shop, I think, right? Yes. Good. The name of the shop is Green Green Grass. Green and Green Grass. Yes. You do seem to remember that, because it's been a couple, I think it's been a couple of days at this it's point. It's been a couple of It's definitely of been months. a couple of weeks since you, well, <laughs> yeah, but in game. Yeah, he said only- two days. He said, come back after two days. Uh, it is definitely been more than that. Um, so you got you head on over to that shop, which seems to have opened up for the day, at least as much as you can tell, because there's just no, there's really no lock on the door. And you do remember that all the doors seemed to be open. And you're really unsure, you know, if this guy even has hours or not. And it's Seekin is the guy that you're looking for. You do see him inside the front part of the store, which, you know, it's basically a counter and a a dirt pile. And he looks up at you and sees you and he says, oh, hi. Hi, I'm here for my lemon tree. (gasps) Yes. And he runs off, like gone, out of your sight. I look at Bucks and I say, he's always like this, but weirder. (laughs) <laughs> and for the first time in, in a little while, Bucks takes his eyes off of you and just kind of slowly looks out the door that Seekin has run out to. After a moment or two, you hear what basically sounds like frantic digging. <laughs> <laughs> it goes on and on and on and on for quite a while, like about a can minute you, or can two. Can you do the foley on that? <laughs> Top notch. 
Except that, except faster, maybe. And also it goes on and on and on for about a minute and a half. And then after a long pause, after a lot of this noise, Seekin comes walking back on in, carrying a rather large lemon tree. Uh, it's as tall as he is, and he's a human. It oh looks like it's fully in bloom, and it looks like he's just pulled it up by its roots. So there's just basically dirt and a whole root system hanging off of the bottom of it. And he comes walking on over to you. As you get closer, you can see there there are even actually little tiny flowers that are in the process of turning into seeds for lemons. And he thrusts the tree out at you and says, here it is. Well, the, the, you are incredibly efficient when it comes to growing things. Um, I'm a druid. Makes sense. I am small. That's okay. This is large. And if you hand me that lemon tree, I will probably, it will fall on me and I won't die, but I might suffer a crush injury or two. Um, so here, I had a thought. Do you have... Let's think about this. You're going to need some burlap and some rope because we're going to need to put a nice little sack on the bottom of those roots so it doesn't all trail um, around the, the streets of Waterdeep. And um, delivery service? I can walk it there. Sounds great. Okay. And he's just standing there holding the lemon tree waiting for you to lead. All right. Well, come with me. Uh, what about that burlap so we can put it over the root system so it doesn't get damaged or trail dirt everywhere? Yeah, let's do that now. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have some? Well, I thought being a gardening center, you might have some to protect root systems. No, I'm a druid. Can you have a... Th oh, that's... that's Yes, that's you did tell me that. And that's, mm -hmm. do you have like a burlap spell then? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, I'm a druid. Were you properly socialized as a child? <laughs> no, I'm a druid. No, I'm a druid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Bernie would like to like look around and see if she can find some rope and some burlap so she can tie up the root system of this tree so the tree doesn't get damaged on its journeys. Sure, there's absolutely nothing in the front of this store except for, as I said, a dirt floor and a counter. When you go behind the counter, you find what looks like to be a small bag that probably has some coin in it. it. It looks like a coin purse of some sort. You see a couple of boxes, small-ish boxes, and when you open them up, despite the fact that Seekin doesn't seem to care that you're back there poking around in his stuff, um, you open them up and they all seem to have seeds of some sort inside of them. And you do notice that he has a very large bucket of what looks like water, and that's it. Cool. Cool. I can, I, you, how far are we going? Well, we, see right now, um, until it gets transported elsewhere, the tree is going to go live in a bedroom in an inn, and we're paying this man pretty well, but I don't know if we're paying him lemon tree in his inn well. You get my drift? You picking up what no. I'm putting down? No. So, here, <laughs> here, Sebum, let me explain a thing to you. Okay. People who are not druids are not often fond of dirt indoors, which I understand seems strange, right? But yeah. when the people who are not us make up a majority of the world, unfortunately, a lot of times we have to kowtow to their idiot beliefs, which is why I'm looking for a thing that'll keep the dirt off the inn so I don't get kicked out of the inn and he doesn't come angrily and yell at you. Well, if if it's not going to live in the inn permanently, if it's going somewhere else, why don't we just go where it's going somewhere else right now? We can't do that. I Okay. You, you, you can't. Why don't you come back when you can do that, and I'll just keep this here. And he seems to decide that that's the answer, and he turns around and walks back <laughs> okay. outside, out of your line of sight, and you hear frantic digging again. I look at Bucks, and I say, is this what it's like to deal with me? And Bucks just continues to stare at you inscrutably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah buddy. Um, you want to tell, tell Jonathan that we're going to need Carlton to come carry a lemon tree and to bring some burlap and some rope? Bucks gives you a cocked head look. And for a moment, you don't really understand it. And then you think about distances 
and you realize, oh, wait, Jonathan is going to be more than 100 feet away. You want to go meet them at that building that's mine now? (laughs) Does he know that you think the amethyst? He probably does. He nods. And if you hold open the door for him, he will fly off towards the Amethyst Acropolis. Let's go. He's coming. I'm going to go meet them at the Amethyst Acropolis. All right. Since obviously I don't get my tree today. (laughs) Actually, as you are leaving, something does happen. You receive ascending. Oh. It's, It's a little weird because you haven't received ascending in a very long time. And you haven't talked to Mariah in a very long time, but you do recognize her voice. And in the short amount of time that she has in her sending, well, she says, I'm really sorry I haven't talked to you in a while, but I really need your help. And I know you can kick ass. Are you nearby? And can you come by? And can you help me kick ass? Oh. And you do know with ascending that you can respond pretty much immediately. Up to 280 characters. Up to 200, yes. It's been increased. Uh, There's a little little circle now. Now I've placed this episode in time. Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) I send back and I go, ooh, Mariah, I'm not personally available at the moment, but I have three very good associates who are going to be on their way shortly. That's what I send. As you send that, we will fly on over to the Amethyst Acropolis, where the three of you have entered. And when you enter through the the bottom floor, Razzo sees you as he is at his normal place. And he says, oh, yes, uh, the package just arrived. Come, Come on in, come on in. And he dips below his desk and comes back up as you guys surround his desk with what looks to be... Sure, they've got bowling in favor, and why not? A bowling ball size <laughs> package. Sweet. Bowling, but they can't put ketchup on their hot dogs. <laughs> no, they can. They just didn't have any ketchup because ketchup is difficult to make. <laughs> I remember that. There will be ketchup. There is ketchup, just there wasn't then. Anyway, he comes back up with this large, round package. It's in a brown wrapping tied up with twine and if it didn't if the twine didn't look hurriedly wrapped you would almost think it was a gift it was it's almost wrapped kind of like that and it can't be too heavy because even though it's large he lifts it up and puts it on his desk gently as though it's it's fairly light and he says so jonathan you haven't done your your thing with the city watch yet right that's the last thing you've got to do i've got that note right here that that's right razo Okay, I've been given instruction that you're actually going to be sent on a, on a special mission tomorrow. Apparently, you guys found uh, one of those uh, teleportation things underneath in the Undermountain. Yeah, we did. We found uh, it was down a well. I have instructions here from Rasik. He's having you do a special mission with a member of the City Watch because it seems like you guys found one of the teleportation wells underneath the city. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. We it was weird. Uh, Carlton went down there, and Bucks. Yeah, it was not pleasant. No, I'm I'm glad that you are safely back. Those things are dangerous. So whenever we find those, we try to close those as quickly as possible. Many of the Denzians who like to be down below like to open those things up so they can repopulate their dungeons. Hallister was pretty bad about that. So whenever we find one of those, we, we try to get rid of it. And that's what this thing is. And he kind of pats the big bowling ball. And he says, so... Uh, when you come back tomorrow, you're going to meet up with Rifen Press. He's a uh, city, he's actually our city watch liaison, and oh. he is going to come with you and help you destroy this teleportation well thing. Because as long as it's open, we don't know what can come through. So he knows how to set this thing off. It's like this weird magical time bomb. Thing. I don't know if I totally understand it, but he knows how to take care of it. And so you're going to guide him down there. He's going to help you set it off and come back. And then the deal is that that will count as Jonathan's trip to spend time with the City Watch. And then you will officially be a full member of the guild. Oh, okay. 
I because that's the last thing you needed to do, as far as my notes are concerned. That's that's right. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing that watery sphere is useful in other ways because I pretty much took watery sphere because I thought I was going to be putting out fires. But it's a useful spell anyway. It's a super useful spell, and definitely because you do have to do time with the city watch on a regular basis that will come in handy later. But for the moment, this seemed like... Do you know the term killing two birds with one stone? Again with the birds. (laughs) What do you guys have against birds? I mean, it is like, I do... Just don't mention it around my owl. He's kind of sensitive about it. Oh, yes. I, I try not to mention it around Aras either. He, he doesn't like that term. But, you know, you get to my meaning. I do. Anyway, I'll have this here. I'll, I'll keep this safe for now. Come back tomorrow and we'll, we'll get you on your way. And that way we, we can all get stuff done. All right. Sounds good. And he grins at you. Yeah. Thank you, Razo. Uh, we will be, I'm going to add. put a reminder on my slate and I hold up a, a slate of, uh, a palm-sized slate and I just tap on it because it's a nervous habit. Like, I don't know why, it just feels right. And I put it back <laughs> and I was like, okay, I will be here tomorrow. Uh, thank you so much. And where, oh, do I have any messages from uh, Varel Ka, uh, Kalana? I left her a note yesterday. Oh yes, I you remember. Let me let me go take a look. And he digs through his stuff and he says, "Oh yes, she she did leave a message. She uh, you were talking about getting a a magical tattoo with her, I think. Uh, he he is, and I I yes. am also interested. Okay, yeah, she left some information. She's not free for a couple of days, but is is definitely interested in helping you out. It says here, and he kind of reads through the message, and he says, she wants to know what you want and what of the following things you want attached to it. And um, he holds up this parchment that's got kind of like a menu uh, list of items. Oh, wow. And <laughs> nice. It's not huge. It's only about um, five different things. And the information that Razo starts to say as he kind of holds this up as he says, apparently the you can make these tattoos and you can make them look like anything you want, but they have to use these specialty inks. And she's started working with these, the, these exotic magics and can imbue them with power, but she only can do a couple of things on a regular basis. If you want something more exotic, then oh, you'd have to talk to her directly. But these are the things that she can do on a regular basis. And of the five things that are listed, I'll just read it off to you so everybody knows. These are all effects that basically are things that can happen uh, on that just imbue you with a little bit of power or are things that can happen once a day. You can have Eye of True Sight which um, once a day for up to a minute will give you uh, true sight for up to 60 feet per long rest. You can have the mark of the bull in where you just get five additional hit points. They just happen. You have the tattoo of leaping, which is it's basically two tattoos on your feet. And once per long rest, you can double the distance that you are able to jump. You can have something that she calls talented, And all it says is that you become proficient in a skill of your choice. And the last one is called Primal Savagery. And all it says is that um, once per long rest, you can grow claws and make a melee attack and do lots of damage. And then there's some other information depending on what you're interested in, like how long it takes to actually make the tattoo. Some of them actually take quite a long time. The tattoo leaping because it's two different tattoos on each of your feet. Um, It's essentially 16 hours because it's two tattoos, one for each day. Um, And then there's some basic costs that are listed. And it ranges from about 500 gold pieces all the way up to 2000, depending on which one you want. Okay. That's like all of my gold. That's good info. Yeah. I think we're going to sell that gold wire, guys. <laughs> uh, and Bernie, around this time, you you and Bucks come back. So if you want to enter at this point, uh, what you'll see is Razo putting the piece of paper down and saying, she said if you wanted to leave a design with her and uh, basically come up with a time, then we can get you signed up for something and, and she can do that. But most of these take like a full day to do. So it might be a little while before she's available. Uh, I described to Razo the design I had with the 
White Wolf with the Blue Eyes and my party's names below. And I said, I'll get back to you on which one of these magical effects. I want to mull that over. Meep, sounds good. As I said, it's going to take a little while for her to have some free time because this is a at least a of full course. day event. So, you- uh, of course, any good artist you can't just walk in. So, but now she now you you can she can get an idea of the design, and then I can get back to her about which inks I would like. Yes, and Bernie, at this point, you have walked on in. Bernie pats a wall and she says, "You guys are taking good care of the place for me." <laughs> and Razzo gives you a very curious look and says, "Are." I do recognize you. Are you a member of the Watchful Order? No, but I licked this place and it's mine now. Ooh, you might want to have your tongue looked at. No, it's fine. I've licked many things to make them mine. And she holds up her shield. All right. If you notice any strange bumps growing in the next couple of days, let us know. Those are called taste buds. <laughs> <laughs> at that point, he's he's basically shrugged at you and he looks back at the rest of you and says is there anything else i can help you with or will i just see you tomorrow you'll see us tomorrow i think right guys yeah correct yep, yep. thank you Rezo. all right goodbye all right and i say carlton if you if you're not doing anything i need you to carry a tree for me if that was coming from anyone other than you i would think it was some type of weird euphemism but it's you so you probably need me to literally carry a tree yes i do and we're going to have to put it in the you-know-what. I don't I, I don't think I can fit a tree in my butt. No, we're not going to... Oh, Lord, why? 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 <laughs> Jonathan <laughs> is chuckling. And he's like, I think he, I think he means <laughs> the pocket house, not nature's pocket. Oh! I understand it's nature's pocket, but this piece of nature is not going to fit in there, friend. I know, that's why I was really confused. I mean, is it is it a sapperling? Because like, I mean, it's a, if it was a sapperling, I would be able to carry it. Oh right, yeah. Okay, I guess it's beyond uh, it's beyond butt level. Okay, yeah. Also, you all might want to come because let me tell you what you defo want to meet this guy. Oh yeah, yeah. And Bucks flies onto my shoulder and gives me the the rundown of what happened. <laughs> Did someone ask you to kick ass for them? Oh, yes. I've got this friend, Mariah. She might need your help. I'm not entirely sure how you're going to get there. Details were left out. Hmm. Well, let's hmm. deal with the tree, and then we can we can see what Mariah might need. Sounds good. Travancore tracks his knuckles and says, it's Travancore's catchphrase time. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys head back on over to Green Green Grass. I bring a burlap sack with me. They don't cost money. They're burlap. <laughs> burlap is plentiful in favor. It's one of the first things I learned. <laughs> you know what? For the, for the sake of not being a completely crazy shopping montage, <laughs> I'll say that you have burlap somewhere or that you pick some up for a pittance. You head on over to Green Green Grass. And yeah, Seekin is very quick to once again, you guess, pull the tree out of the ground and goes to hand it to you, Bernie. And then uh, you indicate, no, no, you're supposed to give it. And I go like this. I go, ta-da! And I look, I like wave over to Carlton. I'm like, I think this is this is my tree now. And doing like the wave people do to direct traffic. Yep. Seekin hands you what seems to be a, a very healthy, although recently ripped out of the ground, uh, lemon tree plant that looks ready to produce lemons at any moment. Cool. And I say one moment and I get my burlap and I tie it around the root ball so the root ball stays protected. And I like, and I, I was like, Seekin. Yes. Let me show you. You do this when a customer comes to get it and then you don't have to leave the shop and get things but, stolen. But. Do not tell me you are a druid. I know that. Think of another <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I like leaving the shop. I know, sweetie. But thieves like it when you do that, too. But if anyone wants to steal my plants, I could just grow more. They can also steal your money. And taxes are money. You can't play taxes in tobacco. I don't think this isn't colonial Virginia. No. No, you know. No, but most of them go walking on in and they look around, they see it's just plants and they don't care. Okay, well, that's very nice. But I've given you a way to further care for the plants. 
in case somebody doesn't want you to come home with them because you're an odd little duck. That's what people tell me. Yeah. It's okay. You'll be a beautiful swan one day. I can be a swan and then there's a sudden <laughs> poof. Wait, uh, I wanted to talk to you. Well, he is now a swan. There is now a, a one of those large-necked white swans with the evil-looking black around the eyes faces is just standing there looking at you. Travancore immediately clears the area of stones. <laughs> I'm sorry. God. How old did he look before he poofed? And it looks over at Carlton and goes, Mah. Did you know Samin? Wait, no, I'm not a nature cleric. I can't do that. Shit. Wait, he'll come back. I'll just take the I'll take the swan. No! Carlton, we don't pick other people up, even when they're animals, without their permission. And the swan, who is Seekin, turns around and waddles back into the back area of the the shop, the greenhouse that's in the back that through the, the doors, and starts to poop. What? Um, I did tell him he 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 does make a rather lovely swan. Let's 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 go. I grab some, like, receipt paper, and I start writing a note that I'll leave there, and I'll tell you what that is later. Okay. Sure. Uh, where are you bringing the tree, and where are you setting up the pocket house? Since I can say it because I'm not in the game, and I don't have to be all secret. Where do you guys want to set up the pocket house? Ah, uh, what's this? What's the safest place? I mean, honestly, the Amethyst Acropolis might not be bad, but I don't know that they let us set it up in their lobby. Yeah. Well, not the lobby, but is there like, doesn't that guy kind of owe you a favor? Yeah, but I'm saving that for a trip. Uh, I'm I'm saving up my miles for that. So I don't want to blow it on, on a hotel room when I could blow it on a flight. So I don't need, I barely understand what that means. Travancore, anyway. from what I understand, <laughs> shit, fuck me. I was going to say, from what I understand, you are going to be blowing it on a hotel room, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Ah! <laughs> Jonathan and Bertie start like elbowing each other and razzing. Yeah. <laughs> Another concern: if we we're talking up, about sex. If we <laughs> end up going to the under mountain tomorrow, then we won't have the uh, pocket house to avail ourselves tomorrow night if we use it now. Oh, that's true. We might have to just store it in the inn for now. Well, it won't make a mess, and I can see if he has a wash bait pail. Seekin's a duck, and he's not bearing rebearing that tree anytime soon. Technically, he's a goose. Technically, he is a goose. Swan? Swans are a different species. Uh, we don't know swans enough about are birds. We just know how to kill them. Ah, uh, poor birds. <laughs> All right, you're going to go stick this in the in the inn for the moment? I'm going to stick it in the wash basin in our bathroom. Sure, that won't make a mess. No, because I put the burlap around it. I fought through this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> as you do this, as you head on back, um, it's getting close to mid-morning at this point. Since you're, you're up pretty early in the morning. And Bernie, you receive another sending from Mariah, who says, Excellent! Um, uh, I'm going to send you a uh, a thing to, to get your friends here. I need them here, like, now. Can they come now? I need them now. Oh. Yeah, our afternoon just freed up. No, yeah. you can't hear this. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> Bernie's face just goes, and she replies, and she goes. <laughs> and as Carlton, as you are placing the lemon tree inside of the, the wash basin for Bernie, uh, you guys are upstairs in Bernie's room where the, the wash basin is, getting ready to go out and, you know, do whatever else you're going to do for the day. There's a sudden, and all of a sudden, there's a man standing there. <laughs> none of you recognize. <laughs> He's um, an older grizzled gentleman. He is wearing some some simple, what look like um, hard workers' clothes, a little bit stained and rough. Uh, he's got a big bushy beard and, and wide eyes, and he's he's short. He is a, a halfling, and he looks over at Bernie and he says, "Rise, friend." Correct. Are these the people um, coming to help? Yes, they are. Have fun, boys. Perfect. And he speaks some arcane words that, uh, Jonathan, at the very last moment, you recognize as a teleportation spell. And then all of you are gone. Ah! <laughs> and Bernie, you have the rest of the day as your friends take an adventure off to... <laughs> Off to a town not far outside of Waterdeep that seems to have a problem with turnips and werewolves and vampires. 
What a nice day. I think Bernie and Coco Snoot are just going to have a really relaxing day. We're going to go read a book. We might, go visit, we might go down to the, we're going to go, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go down to the gnome part of town. Down, down to okay. gnome town. And we're, <laughs> downtown, downtown, to gnome town. Sorry. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to sit in a cafe. I'm going to let the small children play on Coco Snoot. And I'm going to visit with my fellow cleric and just have a generally good sociable time and do gnome things. She's just going to have some gnome people time. Uh, Lauren, this is uh, a weird request, but sure. can Bernie run into a certain gnome that I know? I have a character in, that showed up in uh, that like sort of side story to uh, Taking Initiatives game. Uh, his name is William Beauregard Robert Keebler, a.k.a. Billy Bobob Boom. And I mentioned it to to Jules earlier, and she was like, I'd love to meet him. He's basically a gnome artificer that. gunsmith who has a little squirrel companion named Chipper, who also has a little tool belt and a little like kerchief that he puts up on if he needs to shield his little nose. Uh, but he is... I, I don't know if this is something we can just like a random interaction, just like real quick, like not that he would be sticking around, but he's basically like passing through and he asks Bernie for directions. Bernie, this strange gnome comes up to you with a squirrel on his head as you are heading into the gnome part of town. Uh, chipper, Chipper. Uh, hey, do not take that attitude with me. We, I, I know, look, the direction said, come to Waterdeep and then catch a ship and we're going somewhere else. But you, your attitude is just un, unacceptable right now. And Chipper, this little squir uh, squirrel, is like squeaking and gesturing and pointing. Like, I know, I, uh, I, I'm sorry. Miss, uh, miss, hello. Hi. Uh, I do, uh, my, he hello? my heavens. Um. My my name is is William and William Beauregard Robert uh, Keebler and uh, and this is Chipper. I was wondering, could you point me in the direction of the Merchant District and yes, yes, I know, and and the docks. I'm just trying to catch a ship, and and I'm afraid my squirrel has got me lost. Well. I have some some good news and some bad news. And um, well, the good news is I know where both of those places are. The bad news is they are not the same place. Oh, well, that's okay. We just needed to pick up some supplies on our way out of town. Oh, oh, well, yes. In that case, I think you'll be fine. Um, is your squirrel friend possessed of a demon? Because I can fix that. I don't know. Are you, Chipper? And Chipper puts his hands on his hips and gives me a look. <laughs> And Chip, Chipper starts like squeaking. He's like, oh, I, she is kidding. You calm yourself down. You, here, would an acorn help? Here, have an acorn. And Chipper just kind of shuts up and is like, no. And Bernie says, no, actually, I have some holy water I keep on my person at all times. And I routinely sprinkle it on the people in my party. But I really shouldn't be telling you that. But you're never going to meet them. So it's fine. I can do this in about, she looks at a watch that's not there. It'll take about a minute and a half, and then you can be on your way to the merchant district, and your squirrel will no longer be possessed of a minor demon. Oh, I'm just, we're just fooling. He just has an attitude sometimes. I, as a forest gnome, I can talk to small animals, and he has a lot to talk about. Bernie, roll a perception check. Okay. Do I get to perceive if he's mildly possessed of a demon? We'll see. Oh, yay. You don't know what you're, you're rolling a perception check for. That is a 24. I better perceive that demon. What you perceive is Coco Snoot that you are riding on, who is uh, the most well-trained Mastiff that you have ever seen and has gone through some of the most horrific battles, has dealt with all of the different crazy beings that you've come across, has traveled for dozens, if not hundreds of miles he is vibrating in anxiety as he is forced to sit there looking at a squirrel that is mere feet away. <gasps> and you sense through your connection to this dog that all you have to do is say the word and Coco Snoot will stop being working dog and start being playing dog. And that you might not want to be on top of him when it happens, as I see you grinning. I put my hand down on Coco Snoot's head and I say, not this one, okay? And Coco Snoot lets out a 
<laughs> wow. Can, uh, can, so Billy Boba Boom, as he is known by his friends, is a forest gnome and can speak with animals. Uh, does he sense this tension here? From the dog? Oh, heck no. I, you don't need to be a forest gnome to sense that um, working dog is doing everything in his power to focus on working and not focus on the fact that he's got squirrel, 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 right there. I, I squirrel, do appreciate squirrel, your, squirrel, your help squirrel, here, squirrel, but squirrel, we're going to be on our way. Uh, thank you so much for your direction. And Squirrel's leaving. Squirrel's leaving. Squirrel's leaving. Yeah, oh, we're, oh. we're going to go. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, can't see it. Go after squirrel. Uh, she, she he says, hurries off. He's like, "Come on, Chipper." <laughs> I hold on to to. I say, "Oh yeah, good luck." You know, the, the two lefts and then a right, okay? Because then you don't, you know. Um, but merch, merchants first, then the docks, sweetie. And I, I kind of like, I kind of like trot Coco Snoot away, <laughs> and I slide <laughs> off the saddle, and I'm still holding on to the reins, and I've got like a grip. And I stare at his face and he's facing the opposite direction. And I watch them walk away and I count to 110 times. Okay. After I see them turn a corner. Pretty much as soon as Coco Snoot no longer can see the squirrel, the vibrating stops. And he seems to not be like fighting his instincts to be a good dog anymore. And it seems like he's just being a good dog now. Like as soon as he's out of uh, eye shot. Yeah, I say. You have precisely five minutes. You can't eat the squirrel. You can't kill the squirrel. You get five minutes of chase time. Go. And I release roll the an animal. Roll an animal handling check. I hope I'm good at that. Oh, man. That's a natural 20. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's drink. a 25. My drink. drink. Everyone drink to the fact that I'm going to let Coco Snoot run all the way up to your nose before he stops. That's uh, animal handling worthy of a Beastmaster Ranger. Somehow, despite the fact that you do not have any way of communicating with animals, and Coco Snoot is not like Shadow and where he's got a little bit of a higher intelligence, Coco Snoot seems to 100% understand you and... As you let go and give him permission to frolic, you see a moment of indecision of like, what would be fun versus what makes sense in this very moment? And I say, your five minutes starts right now. And then he sees a chipmunk scurrying up a tree five five feet away, and he goes to spend the next five minutes running around that tree barking at the chipmunk. And four minutes and 59 seconds later is obediently next to you at your feet. Oh my god! You can set your watch to that dog. Wow. With a natural 20, yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> and I pat him on the head, and I say, let's go get us. I say, let's go get some hot chocolate. But not chocolate for you. You can have a treat, but not a chocolate treat, so you don't die. Bernie, you and Coco Snoot enjoy a fabulous afternoon, uh, hanging out with all of your your gnome friends. You enjoy a nice long rest in the inn, and you wake up to a... As all of your friends reappear in your bedroom the next morning, because, of course, they were teleported back to the place that they were teleported from, which was your room. So the next morning they appear having had this very interesting trip out to a few small towns that you've only ever heard of from your friend Mariah. And I guess, uh, what was it? 150 gold, Richard? 150 gold. Yeah, yeah. It was 150 gold and whatever experience we're going to give you at the end of this for all of that. As, as you now have had the adventure from the Halloween episode. So future canon has become current canon. Yay! And I have one that I stole from a vampire. And I did not know they were werewolves until the end. That's, that's oh, wow. I'm really smart and I didn't realize that. Wait, did you really not know they were werewolves until the end? Uh, not until uh, uh, once the silver chains and then, yeah, and then the, the dog, uh, the dog smell. And you are a dog person. I'm like, oh, but all, of the, all everything else, like all the little clues that I went back and listened to later. Nope. Yeah. All all over my head. Jack knew. Yeah. I yeah. remember the moment Jack like, figured it out. I was like, much, well, shit. As soon as I heard Temple Beth Emanuel, I'm like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> She's doing werewolf bar mitzvah. 
Anyway, it is the, the next morning. It is now the 30th of Uktar. You guys have had your Halloween adventure and a long rest. Because if I remember correctly, you went and did the thing. And then basically you slept during the day, went to the party and uh, came back. And so because of the weirdness of how teleportation works and because you don't know exactly where this town is, it, you've only been gone a day. Yay, magic. Woo. <laughs> I look at them and say, how's Mariah? Anxious as always? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've had a lot of cool people and weird people. We met a, a, a cleric named Liz, and she was great. I've never met Liz. I mostly only know Mariah's family. Did her granddad show you his toes? No. Granddad was the one who uh, showed up and teleported you. He was the crazy old guy. Oh. No, he did not show you his toes. No. He, the, Mariah seemed to be in a hurry for reasons you now understand. Now I wish that I had seven toes. Ah, could have seen that. What she didn't tell you is that it runs in the family. She likes to pretend like people in her family don't mostly have seven toes, but don't tell her I said that. I wish they were like the other halflings that don't wear shoes. Yeah, it's cold. Hmm. All right. It's a new day. <laughs> it's cold. What would you like to do? It, it's cold. It's cold. Today is the 30th of Uktar, so it's one day before the uh, the Feast of the Moon, before I'm needed. Yes. So we might as well do our uh, our dungeon thing here under dark mountain yeah let's, let's let's kill some things let's kill a cave dragon guys well let's go pick up the uh let's go pick up the doodad yeah <laughs> the doodad well we're gonna be cops i'm pretty excited like we're all joining the force first day i'm already a detective you know i'm gonna be the bad cop D done you're bad cop. absolutely the bad cop <laughs> can i be sad cop Sure. Why would you want to be sad cop? Okay, I guess we'll solve this crime. <laughs> sad cop I think that's is emo my cop. new favorite thing. Well I'm gonna done. be. I'm gonna <laughs> pop both colors and go. I'm gonna be rad cop. Right, we're up I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm not. This is. I really shouldn't. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> detective Travancore investigates our group dysfunction. You get to literally be Detective Travancore tonight. Yeah. Well. All right, Detective Travancore every night? Well, I'm Well, no, like in an actual official cop like capacity. A capacity? God fucking damn it. You'd live with this. Like, yep. Uh, Detective S. Travancore, Bracanum PD. All right, so we got bad cop, sad cop, rad cop. <laughs> <laughs> but then mine doesn't rhyme. I mean, you, Detective Travancore, though, has the history. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. Like, this is Detective Travancore's spinoff, finally. Branching off on his own with his own force of oddly familiar squad. Bucks would join your spinoff. Oh, I can see that. You guys are going to head over to the Amethyst Acropolis and go pick up a guy and his bomb and head to the Bloody Fist for round two. Is that I'm not all sure correct? I want to be on the internet saying we're going to go pick up a guy and his bomb. I feel like the U.S. government is like, what? And I'm like, no, no, no. It's a fantasy bomb in a fantasy world. And we're going to fantasy blow up a time portal. None of this is real, government officials. This is all make-believe. I'm a gnome this. in this Ooh. situation. <laughs> Though you should yeah. listen to our podcast, and I'll be really excited when Washington, D.C. suddenly is the spiking of our downloads. I welcome you, FBI. Please join the Gent and Drunks <laughs> and family. Say, welcome to our fandom. <laughs> welcome, welcome, FBI. <laughs> All right, you guys heading over. As you enter the Amethyst Acropolis, not only are you greeted by Razo, but you are greeted by a human in the in uniform a black suit of suit and sunglasses. <laughs> no, actually, he is in the outfit of the Waterdeep City Watch, which is a military-ish style uniform in blacks and blues with a, a very pretty half cloak going on he's tall thin he's got a, like a buzz cut short blonde hair he's got kind of a nice smile on his face and he seems to be fairly welcoming and as you walk on in razzo says oh good you're right on time that's what i like about you and your friend you are very punctual so uh, jonathan i would like you to meet rifen press he is the liaison for the amethyst acropolis to the Waterdeep city watch he would normally be the one that would be assigning you your duties for the week to a group of people who would be on watch for the week but since this is a special case he decided that he actually wanted to accompany you himself and Rifon gives you all kind of courtesy nods and looks over at Jonathan and he says, my goal is to only come with you to the actual 
location where the portal is. We'll take care of that and then I will leave you to whatever other adventures you were going to have. But I need to report to my superiors because this is a fairly serious matter that needs to be taken care of very quickly. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Bernie sticks her hand out to shake his hand. Uh, hello. It was very nice to meet you. Hi, Rayfun. I'm Bernie. I'm the bad cop. You met Jonathan. He's the rad cop. This is Carlton. He's our sad cop. And over here, that's Detective Travancore. He's going to investigate this shit. You get to be good cop. I know it's the boring role, but someone's got to do it. He seems to take all this in stride, smiles at you, shrugs, and says, I'm very used to being the boring good cop. That's okay. That's kind of my job. And he picks up the... The round thing. You gotta admit, of- there's not a lot of. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> he he picks up the the round parcel off of Razo's desk, looks over at you, Travancore, and says, "A detective, really? What city are you stationed in?" Oh uh, dear, you wouldn't you wouldn't have heard of it. I'm I'm from Berkanum, though. So ah, Berkanum. I've I've don't have anyone stationed there, but I've heard very good things. It seems like a very well run country. He really is the good cop. We are we are believers in both law and we we try and balance the line between law and order and the rights of the civilians. It's not an easy thing to do, but uh, but we do our best. That is all we can ever hope to do is is do our best. Please, time might be short. It, I already regret uh, it taking the extra twenty four hours in order to get this done. Sure, certain events needed to be attended to. Uh, go ahead and and lead on, and I will follow. Sure. As we walk and talk, uh, what kind of ordinance you have there? This. Oh, um, and you, as we walk and talk, as we do the, um, the Aaron Sorkin thing. Cop shop talk! Cop shop talk! He'll hold up the, the parcel and he'll say, I'm not sure if I know all of the magical specifics. I am well versed in how to actually, uh, attach and set it off. We've unfortunately run into these type of portals a lot, especially since the, the former Thieves Guild retreated and we've been trying to clear out those areas but my understanding is this is basically a delivery device for a dispel magic hmm. makes yeah. sense but it's something powerful enough that it is able to dispel even the the portals that are below has there been any attempt by the uh the city watch to uh to chart the uh the tunnels of the of the under undermountain Quite a bit. Uh, more so recently, now that we've had the opportunity. But those are... The Undermountain is very close to the Underdark, and it is quite dangerous. And while our ranks are fairly full and full of good men and women, it is sometimes all we can do to just hold the line. We've been diving a little bit more below, and this will be certainly the first time that I've been in this area that you've been in, but it's been... Difficult. This is a very large city, and even without fate changers like you being able to help, it's been difficult going that far down below. Cool. Bernie, Bernie walks and talks up to them, and she says, Travancore's a big fan of the proletariat. I'm just a fan of law and order and getting paid myself. You should ask him about it. He's got real feels. No, let's let's take care of our our mission first. I, we can go grab drinks yeah. later and and talk politics. Travancore bristles at this and just sort of rolls his eyes and like saying, "At least you didn't bring up democracy." <laughs> I'd like the two of you to roll in uh, insight checks. Okay, <laughs> since you're the two that seem to be walking and talking and and chatting. Every time no, I try to walk and talk, I walk into something. Yeah, Bernie got a seven. Travancore seventeen for the Viceroy of Glenmar. Someone's okay. insightful. Bernie's just an asshole. Bernie, the, you're a little upset that you can't seem to get a rise out of this guy. But, you know, you've just met him. So, well, well, but he seems to be taking everything that you say in stride. Travancore, you do notice with the, you should ask him about the proletariat. He does give you a curious look like if you guys weren't really in the middle of a, a, a mission that he believes is semi-urgent, he would ask you. Like, he's genuinely curious, but he kind of, he's in working, do-the-job mode. Also, for the record, Bernie was trying to get a rise out of Travancore, and she knows she has succeeded. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't need to roll an insight in order to see that. I don't need to roll an insight (laughs) to know how to get a rise out of someone who I've spent many years with. Actually, technically, you guys have only been hanging out together uh, for about two months. Wow. Really? 
That is yeah. a very intense bonding for two months. It's felt like we've known each other for many years. Oh, well, gosh. We don't have a specific date on the the wedding that you all met at. We don't have a, a specific date that that happened. But giving you guys the benefit of the doubt that it took at least a week or two to get from the wedding to Greenest. Um, you arrived in Greenest on the 5th of Leaf Fall, which was last month. And it is now the second to last day of Uktar. So you guys have been essentially together two months. So by this so by this reckoning in terms of time and experience game, in two more months we'll be actual gods. Wow. Maybe. I don't know. Or you might be dead. You never know. Never anyway. know. Gods or dead. There's no in between. It is gods or death. <laughs> gods or death. When you're gods, tea there's and cake also or death? cake. Yes. Would you like tea and cake or death? Tea, tea and cake, cake please. <laughs> All right. You guys arrive at the bloody fist. Brunmilly, as you enter... Get, starts to give you a very friendly, oh, hey, how you doing? It's good to see. And then he notices Rifen, and he says, uh, I, I, listen, everything here is above board. I know this is a new location, and I know it's a little weird that these guys are coming on in, but, you know, I'll show you whatever you need to know. I wasn't keeping this thing a secret. I told people as soon as I knew, you have to believe me. And Rifon is just kind of nodding like, yeah, I've heard this shit before. Millie, we're cops today. Would you like to be mad cop? <laughs> I don't want to be a cop at all. Wait. Why am I not mad cop? I don't you know. You wanted to be sad cop. You nope, wanted sad to be cop. sad cop. You're sad cop, and now you get to be sad about that decision. Well, Billy, <laughs> if Bojack Horseman has taught me anything, mad cop and sad cop aren't mutually exclusive. No, that's that's true. true. There's n- there. You can always be both mad and sad, especially when you rage. Mm-hmm. Brent Millie, if you want to wear trends, we'll let you be fad cop. Wow, so trendy. <laughs> oh my god. And- Brun looks down at his at his clothing, which is kind of the lowest rung of armorer's garb you could imagine, <laughs> which basically means uh, thick leathers and very ugly. And as he does this, Rifen says, it's okay. I'm just here to help take care of the teleportation thing that these guys found. I know that there's nothing going on. Don't worry about it. This seems to calm Brun down a little bit. He's like, all right, all right, okay, all right. Uh, you gonna post up your dog at the entranceway again like you did last time? Yeah, you wanna feed him in case we're gone for too long? Yeah, does he have any dietary restrictions? No chocolate. She looks sideways at him. No chocolate, no squirrels. All right. I, no promises on the squirrels, but I don't have any chocolate. He'll be fine. Sounds good. No coffee either. <laughs> and with that, Brun grabs the, the cup that he had been nursing and brings it a little closer, and he says, No, the coffee's mine. Told you you're mad, <laughs> cop. <laughs> All right, you post up Cocoa Snoot at the head of this entranceway, and as you begin to head back down into the tunnels under the bloody fist, now with a, a city watch and a magic bomb in tow. No FBI, it's a, it's a fake bomb, it's not a real bomb. As you head downstairs with this magic bomb in tow, we'll end there. And we need to give you some experience. I need to give you experience for this game. And then Bernie needs to give you experience for the Halloween game. So you guys might be getting a a ton of experience. Now, she'll be giving a group pot and I'll be giving a group pot. And we will be splitting it with Bernie because I am... Because Bernie got you that job, assholes. And more importantly, me as the DM would rather have you all the same level. So for taking care of the lemon tree and for trying to think about putting a tree in your butt, which I found (laughs) funny, for our introduction to Billy, Bo, Bob, Boom, and Chipper, for getting a rise out of Travancore, who still managed to keep his cool, and basically ticking off a whole bunch of side quest boxes. I'm going to give you guys a total of 550 experience to split between the four of you. So go ahead and do that math. And then, Jules, how much experience would you like to give for the Halloween episode? Alright, so you get experience for teaching a young woman about death. Traveling core specifically for counting all the microaggressions. <laughs> wow. For for literally for for banishing a vampire and then trapping him. 
for reminding me that Magic I should, circle! That I should always make a floor plan that extends beyond one level. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. You did a very good job. Like, if you hadn't said anything, we wouldn't have known that you had just made that up off the top of your head, which is a quintessential skill for a DM. So kudos. For for not for partying with the werewolves and uh for making the bear for deciding to talk to 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 Shadow, for making Shadow a character, a voice character. I'm gonna give you something that divides evenly by four. Cool. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say. I feel like because it was three full episodes, and I think. I think. I think twelve hundred experience is fair. Yeah. Thank to you. Split or to each. split to split twelve hundred total. If I gave you guys twelve hundred each, Lauren would be like. Mm, we did kill a vampire, and those things are tough. Yeah, but you killed my nerfed vampire because when I looked at what a real vampire was, I thought, oh, they're all gonna die. I. I think so. Uh, Jules and I did not talk ahead of time about how much experience. I just trusted her to come Actually, up with something hold on. fair. Twelve hundred and fifty, because when you add that to five hundred and fifty, wait, shit, no, twelve, shit, fuck. whatever gives us sixteen hundred total. Well, if you if you're giving one thousand two hundred and fifty, and I gave five hundred and fifty, that makes one thousand. 800 then fine we're gonna do 1450 that gives us 2000 that's divisible by four i would argue with that but math go for it 2550 plus 1450 is divisible by four into 500 experience points each yes but you did just jump up the amount of experience you gave everybody by several hundred just to make it an even number (laughs) i could have done subtraction but that's harder so if this whole if this isn't overturned with official review. I will let that happen. 500 total. But as you head back on into the Undermountain, now with friends in a bomb and with new with new goals, we'll leave it there. And you've got your experience. And next time we'll see what happens with a magic bomb and a cave dragon. Yay! Yay! Come back, NSA. We do make a pretty good <laughs> podcast. I think we're rather funny. I think you should listen to us. Because you work for the federal government, and let me tell you what, I imagine with all that bureaucracy, you got to have something to listen to while you fill out the paperwork. Thanks for listening to our adventure. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks, or find us online at www.dungeondrunks.com. And see you next encounter. <laughs>